Now we know Patrick Tony will be the defensive play caller for the Florida Gators this fall. So we'll look at how, how that impacts the team. Florida Gators, they got NFL combine invites. And we'll wrap up by talking about three Florida Gators in the NBA, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with, I mean, this season more props, any anything really. They're just the best props, odds, lines ever. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written works with Whole Nine Sports. Hope you had a good Super Bowl Sunday and hope your head doesn't hurt too much today. But uh, Patrick Tony's been named the defensive play caller of the Florida Gators. And that, this was kind of the expected outcome. But Florida officially got it announced on Friday um, when Billy Napier had his press conference. And he was like, look, Patrick Tony's going to be the defensive play caller, which again, is it's kind of what is expected to happen here. Uh, Tony's the co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. And then the other co-defensive coordinator is a defensive line coach, Sean Spencer. But of the two, it's like, and I've spoken before, like I like the mashup here, but of the two, Patrick Tony is the only one that's got actual experience being a full-time defensive play caller. So for him to be named the defensive play caller here, that's not surprising. Um, I think that one of the possibilities could be Patrick Tony's only going to be here for two or three years and then gets a DC job somewhere else as a full-time DC or head coach job somewhere else. Um, and then I think Sean Spencer might step up to, to be the defensive play caller of the Florida Gators, assuming he's still here. Uh, so there's that, but it's also like Patrick Tony is a bit of a, a coverage and disguise specialist, you know, We've spoken about creepers and sim pressure with him, where those are two big things he likes to focus on. And I'll I'll, I'll link the video um, in the description below when I did speak about that, because that was, I think, two segments worth of it, um, where it's just creepers and sim pressure is big for Patrick Tony. So I think that it's better to have him there because, yes, he allows you to do it, but he also allows you to dial them up at the right time because they're not something you should be doing every play. But he allows you to dial them up at the right time, where Sean Spencer, who has never been a defensive play caller before full-time, he won't really know when, or he, not that he won't know, but we don't know if he'll know when to dial these up. And I think that you just go with the safer option at that point. Sean Spencer will, of course, have a say in terms of uh, what the defense does, what the game plan will be with every team and every game. He's obviously going to be there. So he's not left out in the dark, really. Um, but it just makes a lot of sense to have Patrick Tony be the defensive play caller here. It also makes a lot of sense when you look at the foundation of this coaching staff. When you look at just like their relationships and their background, it makes a lot of sense that Patrick Tony would be named the defensive court or the defensive play caller because Sean Spencer was with the Giants last year. He was with Penn State for years before that. Whereas Patrick Tony was at Louisiana with Billy Napier, where Patrick Tony was the defensive coordinator, which is one of the reasons when Patrick Tony was getting brought on, I didn't think he would be a co-defensive coordinator. I figured 
he'd still be the defensive coordinator. But of course, he's the defensive play caller and co-defensive coordinator, obviously partially so that they can justify paying Sean Spencer probably more is, is my reasoning for saying that. It's the same reason I said Rob Sale's offensive coordinator, but Billy Napier is the one that's calling the plays and doing most of the game planning. So it, it comes down to pay there. Um, but I, yeah, like I think when you look at this, it's like, well, Patrick Tony actually has experience calling plays. Um, Patrick Tony is more, uh, he, he's got a better reputation with Billy Napier. So it was kind of clear that Billy Napier is going to lean towards him a little bit. But also, yeah, like you, you look at what the Gators are going to do defensively and what they're built up to do. Patrick Tony fits a lot of what they want to do. And Patrick Tony, I mean, like I said, like he's more of a, a safety. He's a safeties coach who's a corners coach before he, he's moved around. Um, but he he's more focused on that back seven. And I think if you got a defense, a co-defensive coordinator who's focused on the front four and one's focused on the back seven, you should probably go with the one that's more focused on the back seven. Um, but I mean, and look, Patrick Tony has a proven track record as one hell of a defensive game planner and a defensive play caller. And if like I've said this before, if you need to see just how good Patrick Tony can be, because he is damn good at his job. Um, watch the Liberty game versus Louisiana last year because that was easily Malik Willis's worst performance. And I think a lot of it, and I mean a lot of it, had to do with Patrick Tony's defensive game plan, which is big because Florida's going to face these scrambling quarterbacks, these mobile quarterbacks this year. And and so having a defensive coordinator who or a defensive play caller who has already established he has no problem halting that that's going to be big. Like the defense this year is going to be way bigger than I think most people are anticipating. And I can't wait for it. Um, it's going to be awesome. I think, I think that this was the right move. And I think it was the smart move for Florida, which again, like I said, like, like this was the expected outcome for Patrick Tony to be named the defensive play caller for the Florida Gators. That's nothing new, nothing shocking, nothing surprising. Um, but it, it, it's what I'm excited for. And um, like, I've spoken to people that are, close-ish to Patrick Tony, and it's like, well, look, he ain't going to be here long. Not that they've said that. I said that. I'm like, he's not going to be here long, but I'm going to enjoy having one of the most talented young defensive minds in football right now. I'm going to enjoy having him as a defensive coordinator of the Florida Gators, and I can't wait for Film Friday because this is going to be a, a sick year to do uh, or film Friday, tape Tuesdays is what I'm doing. I don't know why I said film Friday, but I can't wait for tape Tuesday. Cause it's going to be a sick year. Maybe I'll do film Fridays. Who knows? Um, but it's going to be very exciting to be able to kind of break down what this defense is doing, what they're, what they're showing. And it's just, I'm so excited for it. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know that. I mean, yesterday was the super bowl. So hopefully you did. I know I, hit some, miss some, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> we, we move on from there. Obviously, Florida football this season screwed me. Basketball screwed me this season. Women's basketball, been making up for both of them. Thank you so much. Uh, BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device because I love using their mobile site. So betonline.net, that's where the game starts. Next, we're going to look at some Florida Gators at the Combine. Four Florida Gators got invited to the NFL Combine this year. Uh, it's obviously headlined by Kyrie Elam, the cornerback. And then behind him, there's 
D lineman Zachary Carter, running back Damian Pierce, and linebacker edge Jeremiah Moon. I don't know what you'd want to call him. He's kind of one of those defensive chess piece kind of guys where it's like, that's a weird bit also with Jeremiah Moon because it's like, yeah, he's a defensive chess piece, but it's like, I feel like a lot of NFL teams still don't value that enough yet. Like you look at guys like Isaiah Simmons, where it's like, well, he's not being used properly. Like he's supposed to be someone who you put on the edge, you put at linebacker, you put at safety. Hell, you put him at corner every now and then and you let him move. And obviously Jeremiah Moon's not as versatile as Isaiah Simmons, but it's one of those things where a lot of defensive teams, they a lot of NFL teams, they like to pigeonhole these guys. And it kind of hurts the value of them because it's like, yeah, well, they don't have a true position, which uh, I think that just sucks. I think it's dumb also, but that's what that is what it is. Um, Malik Davis did not get a combine invite, and that was really weird to me. Um, it was surprising just given like some of the running backs that did get invited, like not. I mean, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but like you look at like Isaiah Pacheco at a Rutgers, and it's like, what did he do to earn an invite? Like, like what the hell? Um, so there's that, but Malik Davis, he's also out of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. So he's not eligible to come back and it's past the deadline to come back. So Malik Davis, not coming back to Florida. He will just have to ball out at the pro day, um, which is so stupid um, that he didn't get a combine invite. It was just ridiculous. But uh, I think the four gators that did get invited will all show out, but I think that they'll do it in their own way. And that that's going to be interesting because, you look at Kyrie Elam and measurables wise, like his arm length, he's going to light it up. Like, like just literally when they do measurements, they're going to see his arm length and they're going to be like, God damn. <laughs> like that, that's as simple as that. He's also going to test really well. I think in most parts, maybe bench is going to be bad for him. You know, he, he's thin, he's lanky. And I don't know if you guys know this, but when you have longer arms, it's harder to bench press. Um, just just a smidge makes it a little bit more difficult. So he's probably going to struggle there. Um, but I don't really put a lot of stock and bench for corners. Um, so there's that. But uh, I mean, he's really, I think positional drills is where he's going to show off because I think positional drills, you'll really see the fluidity. And when you see someone that measures in at what he'll, whatever he'll measure in at and tests as well as he does. And then when you look at the positional drills performs as well as he will, I think Kyrie Lim's going to make himself some money and maybe get himself back into that, you know, first round solid um, category or discussion. Then you got the the two, the bruisers of the Florida Gators that are going to be at the combine. You got Zachary Carter and Damian Pierce. And I cannot wait to see what their bench is going to be. And I know running back bench, you know, a lot of people don't put a lot of stock into it. It, it, it holds some value. But I don't even care about that. Like, I just, I just know he's going to put up numbers, and I want to see him. Because um, they're both just two, um, two in, insanely strong human beings. And I think Zachary Carter especially, actually, I think he's going to move really well for his size. And, like, maybe not like the 40. Like, I don't I don't think he's going to demolish the 40. But the 40 for D-lineman is so useless. Like, when is a D-lineman running 40 yards, the 10 second split that that's a lot more valuable when you look at the 40 for D lineman, but yeah, no, or the 10 second, the 10 yard split is much more valuable, but uh, no one gives a damn about the 40. It's cool to see someone light it up, but in any position, how often are you just running a complete straight line for 40 yards? So there's that, but uh, I think agility drills 
Zachary Carter is going to step up and kind of kind of show off a little more than we're than we're expecting, and he's going to show out a little bit there. I, th- I think just for his size and for his strength, he's going to move really well because uh, there are going to be guys that are his size but not as strong with like the bench or whatever, and they're going to move as well, if not better. I think there are going to be guys that are you know like guys that are going to be his size do kill the bench and then suck with agility drills. Guys his size that will suck at the bench and show off with agility drills and there's going to be a, a few mixes there but uh i think zachary carter might be one of the few guys where he's going to show up measure at what he measures at he's going to uh test at what he tests at and he's going to move as well as he does with agility drills and positional drills so that, that's something that i'm really looking forward to seeing there because um I, yeah, I think I think that when you look at the Gators this year, you're looking at quality, not quantity, because of course we've only had four invites. But the last invite that we're going to talk about is someone who's very intriguing, uh, because of Jeremiah Moon. And Jeremiah Moon, like Kyrie Elam, like his measurables are going to be off the roof. Um, it, like it, it's it's going to be insane. Like his arm length is his lankiness, ridiculous. But I don't know how he's going to test because if he's fully healthy. Jeremiah Moon is going to be one of the more athletic linebacker edge prospects that you're going to see. Um, but we don't know if he's healthy. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he's healthy because I know that Jeremiah Moon, he pulled out of the senior bowl kind of very late into the process. Um, as in like the day of the first practice, we found out he wasn't going to be there. So Jeremiah Moon pulled out of the senior bowl and I haven't seen a reason why. So it could have been a personal reason that there were a few people that pulled out of the senior bowl for personal reasons. I believe two pulled out just to focus on, um, on combine testing and Jeremiah moon, someone that we don't know why he pulled out of the senior bowl. So it could be an injury. It could be personal. It could be whatever, but if it's an injury that really sucks because he's someone who kind of needs the combine, like, like he's one of those players where the combine is going to help the start of his NFL career immensely. Like he's gonna put up numbers and people and like an NFL GM's gonna be like, whoa, like like we need that in our team, like somewhere. And it's like I thought that if he was at the senior bowl, like the Lions would have fallen in love with him. But uh well, I guess not, because he wasn't there. So we'll see. But um we also know that there was at least one more gator that did get a combine invite, and that was trading, where trading he he posted trading about getting a combine invite. But he ultimately decided to come back to Gainesville, which I think was a solid decision for him. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen, um, just based on everything about him. Uh, I thought that he'd be gone to the NFL, but that's not the case. (laughs) So Trey Dean got invited, but came back to Gainesville. So there were five Gator invites, uh, four will be there and one snub that belonged to be there more than multiple running backs. I realized I named Isaiah Pacheco, but there there were more that uh, that did not deserve invites that got invites, especially when you look at what Malik Davis did as a pass catcher. I think a lot of NFL teams would like to see him there. And uh, I guess we won't get to see it until the pro day, how he's going to test, but I think that he'll test very well as too. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it i thought nfl teams would like to see him there like i, I thought nfl teams were gonna be like oh, well he we might want to work him at the slot so we want to talk to him now but sell lobby that's that's all i can say about that 
It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, doing whatever you're trying to do, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping mine. I'm very honest about that. I have such a sweet tooth, and it's every every day my sweet tooth gets me. But Built Bar makes it a lot easier because Built Bar is already coated in 100% chocolate, which is amazing. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes, Reese's in the desk drawer, Kit Kat in the cupboard. Get get Bill Bar. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel bad. Bill Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. And make sure to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. Wrapping up today's show, we're going to talk about the Gators in the NBA, three Gators in the NBA, three that I wanted to highlight a little bit, and that, that's why I chose to do it here. But um, I'm going to start off with Dorian Finney-Smith because this man is awesome. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith recently signed a contract extension worth $55 million over four years. That is a huge deal for him, especially because he he's he's – you know, he, he's a talented player. He's a starter in the NBA, so he's talented. But he's not um, he's not a superstar, and I guess it's more just me still not being adjusted to NBA contracts as opposed to NFL contracts, which is like $15 million per year in the NBA is what you get if you're an okay starter. But $15 million in the, in the NFL is just ridiculous. Um, so that, that that's where I'm at with it now. But um, it, it's awesome to see, or almost 15 with Dorian Smith, Dorian Finney-Smith getting this contract because, you know, he's not a superstar. He's he's not. He's a, he's a reliable starter, but he's more of a 3 and D high-energy kind of guy. And there's so many roles available for those guys. If you can be reliable 3 and D, there's a role for you. But he's also not just a 3 and D guy. Like we've seen 3 and D players before where literally all they do is shoot threes and play defense. But, like, Dorian Finney-Smith, he – he rebounds more than most three and D guys. He he slashes more than most three and D guys, but he's primarily a three and D player. But uh, it's also funny because he is probably one of the last starters from that 2014 Florida Gators team that I would have expected to be a legitimate starter in the NBA. Um, it's just that that's where we were. Where I was like, you know, like he's energy, he's hustle, he's effort. But there, like, there's there's bench spots for that. But I was like, Patrick Young is going to be a dude in the NBA. Scotty Wilbeckin is going to be a dude in the NBA. And neither of them were dudes in the NBA. Scotty Wilbeckin did his thing. Patrick Young did his thing. I love that he's with SEC Network now. But uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is one of the last guys that I expected to really be a breakout NBA starter here. And that's what he's doing. He's been doing it for a few years now, and now he's got his four-year extension. He's getting paid. And I love what he's doing. Like, like good for you, Dorian Finney-Smith. Next up, Bradley Beal is the next person to talk about, and uh, he's still a Washington Wizard, which really sucks. I'm sorry if you're a Wizards fan, but I mean, I'm sorry, literally, like my condolences for you being a Wizards fan. But also, like, I'm I'm sorry if you get offended by this, but you know, rumors came out just before the trade deadline that Bradley Beal um, and his agent were meeting with the Wizards front office, and I, like most people. We're like, yes, like Bradley Beal is finally, finally demanding a trade from the Washington Wizards, which again, like I don't necessarily have anything against them, but they're like, he's wasted so much of his career being a Washington Wizard, trying to make this team relevant, trying to get them to where they got to go. But it's just always something with that team. 
Um, so I was, I was like, thank goodness he's finally, he's finally forcing his way out of DC. Um, nope, not the case. Uh, Bradley Beal was Bradley Beal and his agent did meet with the Washington Wizards front office, but it was to discuss. I, I'm assuming it was to discuss the possibility of his surgery. Um, and it's been decided Bradley Beal is out for the remainder of the year after getting surgery for a torn ligament in his left wrist. Um, so his non-shooting wrist. So at least there's that. So it hopefully won't mess up his shot too much. But um, but yeah, he he is out for the remainder of the season, which sucks. Hopefully by the time he comes back, they'll have a little bit more stability in that in that team with the, with the roster specifically because it just. It's bad at times. Like Kyle Kuzma has been so hit and miss. Like he's been more hit than miss lately. I'll give him credit, but he's been so hit and miss. And just, there's, there's not a ton of depth on the team. Spencer Dinwiddie's whatever. Um, like I know, I know. Yeah. There's a lot going on with the team right now with roster movement and, and just being crappy. Um, but I was hoping Bradley Beal be asked for a trade, but not the case. The final Florida Gator to talk about, though, is a rookie. I mean, we could also talk about Scotty Lewis, but he's played seven minutes in the NBA in the two games that he's played. Um, so we're, we're not. We're talking about Trey Mann. Um, Trey Mann is someone who I was very high on going into the draft. I was like, hey, he could be Trey Young. Like, like he's got the same um, wiry build. He's, he's got this. He's, he can shoot floaters He because he's not great at finishing around the rim. So floaters, three ball, you know, creating shots himself. I was like, Trey Mann's going to be a dude, and and so far he hasn't been. Um, but he's picked up some starts recently. You know, there's injury, there's roster movement with everybody, and with the Thunder, that there's especially that. Um, but he's still struggling to kind of find his role. But I feel like that was expected of him. Um, he's someone who, while he was at Florida, like his first year, he was he he was showing like flashes and showing promise, but it was still like he needed to find his comfort zone. He needed to relax a little bit and kind of pick and choose his shots better. And he needed to get cooking consistently, but he needed those things to happen first. But now he's started, I think, 11 games in the NBA uh, out of playing 43, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he's finding a spot, but he's and he's getting there too. Like we're seeing it happen every now and then. You know, uh, a week or two ago against Dallas, he had a career high 29 points, shot efficiently or rel- relatively efficiently. He, he played well. But he's still also having his games where he's going, you know, 0 for 6, where he's going 1 for 8. Like, he he's still having games where he's just going ghost. But he's also having games, like, against Dallas where he's just going unconscious. So he's someone who we knew his rookie year he'd be wildly inconsistent. That's what he was in college his freshman year. That's what he'll be in the NBA for his rookie year, maybe even his second year. But, I mean, he's also someone who he's, he's shown enough flashes where it's like, we'll live with it. Like, like we'll live with it. If he's going to go off for 30, like, like he's not J.R. Smith um, level of productions yet, but he, but he could be there. And I think that's something to, to pay attention to. And J.R. Smith is wildly inconsistent, but you dealt with it because there were games where he'd go off for 45 and it's like, well, damn, like we're going to, we're going to rock with it. Like whether it's good or bad, we're rolling with the ceiling here. And he's contributing to a young team trying to find his rhythm. So it's hard for me to fault him too much where it's like, there's not a ton going on for that team. You got Josh Giddy, you got Lou Dort, you got Shagula, Alexander, but there's not a ton going on for that team. So I mean, let him, let him find his rhythm, let him find his role. Who cares? I ain't going to fault him for it. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.